You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content, because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Michigan Life Outdoor Podcast. Thanks for being here. And this is a great episode because we got all the boys back together. We're all together. It's a miracle. But uh, we're kind of, I'd say, in the tail end of our hunting, hunting season, at least here in the, the state of Michigan. Um, it's the first week of December when we recorded this episode. And we all just kind of go around the table and give our state of the union of our success this year our failure so far and uh like you know in my in, you'll hear in my instance that uh you know some some work that i still have to do as we come into the final month here in uh, the state of michigan carson gets into bringing his little ones out on opening day which is extremely entertaining and uh, a great story to tune into we also get into tactics of what we're doing here going into the last month black powder season late dough all that kind of stuff and uh, you know what areas to focus on, how to change up your game plan based off of the, you know, the crops coming off around you, um, the weather, the the cold weather moving in, all that kind of stuff. So you're going to want to tune in this episode, and remember to head on over to Bragg and Wright's YouTube page. And uh, Kelly put up some great videos this year of uh, the kill that they got on the ground and got it all on film. So make sure you head on over there to check out their videos. And uh, without any further ado, here's all of us uh, getting together to to update you all. Okay, welcome back to the Michigan Life Outdoor Podcast. We're all in the same room. Wow. Which I think... <laughs> it's been a minute. So this is kind of unique. I think it just shows to test how dedicated we are during the fall because we all can't get together because we're all hunting our asses off. Been busy for sure. So that's how you know we're legit. We're doing what we're... legit, but we hunted a lot. <laughs> yeah, we hunted a lot to try to get some animals on the ground. So we did, um, just to review in the last episode, Carson gave his recap of his deer that he got. Um, I kind of wanted to go around the table just to see, basically give a state of the union where everybody's at. 
right now it's the first week of December. So things have changed up a little bit. We're into muzzle loading going this weekend, coming into this weekend in the state of Michigan. So depending on what zone you're in, you should be shooting black powder. But if you're in zone three, right, I think you can use basically your standard yeah. shotgun, basically or shotgun zone. Pistol cartridge. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So let's start with you, Tom. Give us a recap on what meat you got in the freezer uh i hunted a lot uh-huh. it's pretty much left uh after halloween took the camper down ohio hunted for 10 days straight pretty much all day sits uh seen a ton of deer passed up a ton of deer i was trying to be really diligent this year on shooting a big buck that was my goal um i'm pretty well known for having fun and shooting deer and whacking the first thing that rolls by and i'm not too picky my goal is to change that so you challenge yourself. See, I challenge myself a little bit. I passed up a ton of deer. Wait Seen deer every day. We got to throw them under a bus a little bit. You should have been the first one tagged I should have been the first one. Oh, okay. Oh, no, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, the forget. very first night I had a... My goal was to shoot a mature deer. Um, we had the very quite, first night of what? Your of my Ohio trip. Yep. Okay. November 1st. I had a half rack back uh, buck come by and um, kind of last minute decided I was going to shoot him on film. He was super mature, like a giant body deer, but he only had half of four points on one side. And then he had like two daggers on the right side. And uh, long story short, he took the trail that I wasn't expecting him to take. And I have a spot hog adjustable site. And I was like double pin. First pin's 20. Second pin is 36 yards. And um, I drew back and was like, bottom pin, bottom pin, bottom pin. I didn't move my sight. And I put my 20-yard pin right on him and shot him. He was like 30 yards. And uh, exactly where I wanted to go, about six inches low. So uh, that was literally the first hour of my my November trip. Did you get it on film? All in film. Oh, all of it. Yeah. It might mysteriously get deleted. (laughs) Are we going to see that? (laughs) Yeah, you did. You watched it in my camper. We all watched it and you guys all laughed at me. That was the first day. And then after that, I seen a ton of deer, a bunch of young deer, passed up a bunch of deer. Um, Stayed down in Ohio until November 11th. I came home, hunted Hillsdale in Michigan for a little while and uh, did see nothing on opening day. Got skunked. Um, Carson shot a buck. And then, uh, the 16th of November, I shot a seven point of doe that morning in, in Michigan. Okay. And then um, the 20th of November, I shot a doe in Hillsdale. And then I went back to Ohio for their gun season. Okay. Which was this past or last month? Last week, yep, Monday through Sunday, um, the Monday after Thanksgiving. What did you notice down there? Uh, the deer are pretty much done rotting. Um, they were starting to feed. Okay. Some bucks are done chasing, they were after food. Um, they were starting to herd up, and they pretty much were following does to food sources. They weren't really chasing. So that time of year, did you see the bucks getting back together, group or small groups of bucks, like two or three? Or? Yep. Okay. Yep, two or three. Um, I end up killing a buck uh, Tuesday, second day of gun season. Um, I end up shooting a seven point down there. Uh, I thought it was an eight, missing brow time. But uh, not exactly the buck that I wanted to shoot. I just hunted my butt off, and I was ready to use that Ohio tag. Yeah. And uh, it was a pretty decent deer. Um, cool story. Shot him, and Kel was there. We celebrated a little bit. And uh, the next morning, I went out and shot a doe, and it ran into a thicket. And uh, I went in there to go get her and uh, found the big 10 that I was uh, pretty much hunting all year that I wanted to shoot. Uh, we had pictures of them from, like, June to 
the middle of September. And I'm uh, not sure what happened to him. He was pretty much rib cage in Iraq. Oh, you shit. Found him, you found him dead. You found him dead, yeah. I'm not sure if someone shot him or uh, died during the rut or sick. I'm not really sure. But uh, super bummed about that. He didn't make it, but... When you said you found him, was you think you think that was like his bedding area, like in the thicket, like that, or what? It could have been his bedding area, or maybe he was just wounded and just tried to get up in the thickest, nastiest, crap. nastiest shit and hang out. I was tracking a doe that shot. She ran in there and um, literally walked right up on him. Didn't wow. even though he was in there, I was hunting sixty yards away. I got stand sixty yards away and never knew he was in there. Super bummed about that, but it's pretty much been my season so far. Shot quite a few does. We tried to take quite a few does um, in Hillsdale and down in Ohio. And did you get any of that on film? Uh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I have quite a bit. I have quite a bit of footage, actually, on uh, contour, little action cams, and uh, our big camera. So hunting Michigan opening day to Ohio opening day for gun, did you notice, like, a different <laughs> amount of shots going off versus... Oh, yeah. It's less like war zone, and then, like, maybe I heard three shots, and they in, were from these guys. <laughs> in Ohio? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... For whatever reason, I'm not saying there's not a lot of hunters in Ohio, but it just seems like doesn't seem like it. Michigan is just so crowded. The, the hunters that are down in. there are very selective. Yeah. They just uh, they're there to kill big bucks and like they're on a mission. Sure, you know their tag is a little bit different than our tag up here. Yeah, you get that one one buck rule and makes right. it a little bit more selective. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. For sure. But, and Tom did a great job of passing a ton of deer this year. I know he said that, but that is hard for us to do and he did a great job like passing a ton awesome. of deer that we would normally shoot so i'd like to get your opinion about that someone who <laughs> not that it's a bad thing but like you want you're down there to hunt and you want to sure. you want to either you know send an arrow or send a bullet or something like that now that you went a year of passing a lot of big deer what how like how were your feelings? Was that exciting or like, what was that? Talk a little bit about that. It, it was a grind. It started to grind on me a little bit. Uh, Kelly had um, a baby, yeah, eight month old, and yep. uh, he was my my normal uh, my hunting partner. You know, me and him would take off and spend three weeks just hunting our butts off. Yeah, so I spent quite a bit of time by myself between uh, these guys coming down hunting and leaving. So I hunted quite a bit by myself. So it was a grind. It's a, it's a grind doing it by yourself. You're not having the the brotherhood, the come back at the end of the hunt, drink a beer or whatever. Um, the other reason that I come to that conclusion to start passing bucks up and I wanted to shoot a big buck, obviously, but uh, last year we went down there and we pretty much tagged out in one day. Uh, we all four killed bucks and uh it was like the beginning of november you know november 1st i shot a buck right done and uh, i got this mecca hunting ground best hunting in the country i feel you know you got iowa kansas and ohio and, and um i didn't have a tag yeah so i was like man i didn't give it a fair shake i didn't give it a shot so my goal was uh i, I didn't care what buck i shot i just wanted to, to put my time in and uh, make it feel like i i grinded it out and did something i didn't want to go down there and whack the first thing i seen in 45 minutes and when tom says he hunts all day i mean leave an hour before it gets light go set up hunt all day come back for an hour of lunch hunt till it's dark and then it's everything you can do to regroup get everything set your clothes get the new propane on the camper get a little bit of food down to crash and you were doing that day after day after yeah day. I hunted, I, I kept track. So morning and night, so I counted a full day and I had 21 full days of hunting and 30 days of November. Holy shit. So I was, I even did some evening hunts in Hillsdale from home. So I was only home between uh, the three days I worked 
I was only home six days in November. I slept in my bed six days out of the 30. So busy, busy man. Well, that's the cool thing about hunting though. is like you can choose to evolve how you want to. You sure. can keep hunting the same way you've always hunted or if you want to change it up and you can pass. And yeah. all, I mean, it's a great thing to not only challenge yourself, but you know, switch it up, keep it interesting. That's what's so cool about it. Like you said, it's uh, it's your own thing. You can own it, you can do whatever you want. Next year, it might whack the first buck that walks by. I don't know. Um, it's something that I wanted to do this year, and uh, I'm completely happy with it. Um, I spent a lot of time. I was super bummed, actually. I shot that deer, and I was really grateful. And I'm like, man, I don't have another tag. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> but, a different uh, feeling, too, when you're in Ohio. Because, like, in Michigan, you, even if you shoot one, you're like, how do I tag it so that I can strategically yeah, still, still hunt, hunt either yeah. whatever I want? Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that's what draws a lot of people to Michigan. But I also think it's one of our downfalls. You for know, sure. For for shooting having two bucks in your pocket i mean everybody, a lot of guys are a lot more careless everybody has their opinion on that right. there's good bad and whatever sure. you want to whatever way you want to look at it mm-hmm. but uh if you get serious about it and you want to kill a big buck um I, I think more often than not you find yourself leaving michigan and going to those states where you can shoot one buck yeah and, like they just got different rules sure and the cow was excited and then got fired up and pulled the trigger at his buck in ohio gotta hear that story let's hear it kp yeah man great season i was more patient than ever and ton of cameras ton of knowledge on all our properties and uh I was super thankful that I was patient and I had a bunch of, I should say, we had a bunch of deer on camera that uh, I personally didn't want to shoot. So I hung back a lot this year and um, I kind of explored some properties and some areas that I wouldn't normally hunt uh, just for viewing pleasure and to learn and hunt different areas. And um, so that was really exciting and ended up, uh, Carson and I shot a couple does on November 5th together, which was crazy. He was tagged out, I wasn't. And here we are up in the tree stand shooting does together. And it was an absolute riot. We had four or five cameras going and that video is posted on the YouTube channel, Bragging Rights. Um, so that was a blast, November 6th. I get permission to hunt a property I've never stepped foot on, which is amazing. I shoot a big doe there so i shot two does two days in a row uh, both those on film was a lot of fun uh, head back into that same property november 7th and lo and behold end up shooting a buck on film so november five six seven i shot uh, three deer in three days all on film uh, all the videos two of the videos are posted and the other one the buck i'm working on right now so that'll be posted in the next few days so you went into a new property that you never hunted before nobody was on there at all that for the season correct yeah so uh a local let us in there and um so that was super cool and, and honestly i just wanted to go explore new property i knew right. what was on our properties there was nothing that was really drawing me sure. there and cameras um, you check cameras like crazy yes yeah, so we run 25 cameras down there so i know what deer there and what you know what i was looking for just wasn't there so i said right. let's go somewhere new because the the what if so i uh, went to new spot uh, hanging hunted um, a couple different times actually all three days in a row we hang and hunted and um yeah, absolute riot. I called in my first buck ever this year. So we kind of running joke, you know, we always kind of bash on these guys. I rattled them in and I grunted and we're like, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Was it an hour later? Sure. Whatever. We pick on the guys. So um, that was really cool actually calling within a few seconds to having a, a buck that was following a doe 
ended up coming right back to me on full alert on full search mode okay so he was on a doe he's how many yards away from you so big doe come up and she was 20 yards on the opposite side of the tree like they do and so i didn't have her <laughs> on the film and uh, i was just kind of watching her and she knew something was wrong so she turned around went back the other way and lo and behold 100 yards behind her here comes a buck he comes right up catches up with the doe they're both 25 yards behind me and i'm trying to move cameras and everything else they ended up walking off and it wasn't they probably were 50 yards from me and i started calling so i grunted i doe bleated and i snort wheezed all within a matter of about 40 seconds which again we're not big callers we, we don't have much success with that and within 15 seconds he was back to 25 yards on the opposite side of the tree so he'd come right back to me and then he, had, he ended up circling around the tree i'm moving cameras and get him in the frame and i'm like i don't know if i should shoot and uh it was just so perfectly lined up such a cool experience i decided to take him so i uh, made a good shot dropped him right on film and he rolls a couple times and i'm super excited and that was a great great hunt so you threw three different calls at him yep. do, you, do you have a hunch of which one worked i think the snort wheeze worked it's the last call i did and it was almost instant and my exact thought process was i'm like oh there you go there he goes i'm gonna go away i'm like i'm in ohio what am i thinking like give it a try right. we got to lose so i i started just calling i just let everything out just let's see if it works you know and, and sure enough he came right back to me it was super cool that's awesome so I am in the process of editing that that buck hunt right now. Like I said, it should be posted in the next uh, week or so. I'll have it done. How big was he? He ended up being about a 130-inch eight-point or something like that. So not That's quite good. what I had uh, set the goals on at the beginning of the year. Um, but the experience was priceless, and I was super excited. And the film aspect brings a whole nother evolution to it. Sure. Uh, uh, when you can look down and you have multiple cameras going, you can look down and see that deer in that frame. That's almost just exciting, you know, to me as as the inches aspect of like, oh my god, I'm going to pull this off, you know, because it really is a victory uh, being able to self film. It's a pretty like big home run. So you went to a new property, hung your stand that day. The deer didn't cooperate, went on the wrong side, you called it back, you changed camera angles multiple times, made the shot, and then the finished shot all on film. I mean, that's like a checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. That's yep. like a juggle. <laughs> and you successfully pulled it off. I mean, think about that. All of us are just like honing in on getting the deer closest to us. You've got so many moving parts. You know, and at the same time, it's like, what gets you excited? Exactly. If that deer makes you excited, mm -hmm. shoot it. Who cares? how big it is i mean if it's something like you if you were grinding it out as long as you were grinding it out and you saw a deer that comes by it might have not been your target buck but you're getting buck fever and you're shivering about it i think that's your sign to, to take that thing sometimes i don't think it's the deer that gets you excited it's the situation sure you're yeah like, dude it's it's perfect it all come together like it doesn't even have to be a big so buck. do you got your calling on camera i do oh yes. yeah it's i can't my, wait to hear that it's on my contour camera so I had one camera on my stabilizer, it's a little action cam, you know, GoPro, same things or whatever you want to call them, but this one's a particular one's a contour one. So I've been putting them on my stabilizers a lot because I never know which way in the tree I'm going to end up shooting, right? We always think I'm going to shoot to my left and I'm going to stay sitting down and everything's just going to work. And it always ends up being behind my tree, to my right, I got to stand and turn, yeah. whatever. So anyways, I've been putting them on my stabilizer and turning the camera towards me because wherever my bow is facing, it's always pointing back at me so i always get that good backward shot uh, for the second camera so been doing that a lot and actually this particular buck 
he was on the wrong side of the tree where I couldn't get him on my main camera. So I reached up and turned my action camera 180 degrees wow. so it's facing the deer. So I filmed him on the back side of the tree with my action camera. On your stabilizer. On my stabilizer. Yeah. I reached up and turned it 180 degrees. And then as he walked around the tree, I turned the action camera back what? at me. <laughs> then I adjusted my main camera, which is on the platform of my stand. And he picks me, right? He's 15, 18 yards. He stares right at me. There's steam coming out of his nostrils. This is all on camera. This is coming. Like, I'm like, I, I'm thinking I'm real tree right now, right? So he's standing there. He looks right up at me. And I'm like, I got hands on two cameras. I'm like, what am I doing? So he ends up trotting off five, eight yards. I look down. He's still in the camera frame. Draw back. Shoot, drop him, I hit high shoulder, dropped him, rolled a couple times, still in camera frame, second arrow, finish him off right there. He's dead 15 yards from the tree. Do you have an adjustable sight? I do have adjustable sight, but I very, very, very rarely will adjust it. So there's like one other factor that but you might have to do. it's a double-pinned. It's a double-pinned spot, spot hog. Spot hog, yeah. Yeah, so we like them a lot for that. I got the same thing, yep. We're all pretty similar. So Tom mentioned his was like 20 and 36. Carson's like 20 and 34. Yeah. And I'm about 20 and 33. So we're all within a yard or two on that second pin. But with that, you should comfortably be able to shoot to 40 yards if you're practicing. Like in a yeah. tree stand, you should not have to... Uh, move as long as you're, you're putting your work in on your practice. Yeah, but kudos to you, Cal. That's like the goat stuff. I mean, you're <laughs> changing your action camera back to you because it's on the wrong side. Changing it, I'm sorry, changing it to the deer first, then changing it back to you, then checking your other camera, judging the distance, judging the angle of the deer, trying to call it back in. Is your win right? I mean, geez, that list gets big. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. And I was super excited and, and uh, definitely thankful for being on new property, and, and uh, it was all around great. That's like veteran movements right there. Because if you were to for say, sure. Big time. give me cameras, I could think about it for three hours sitting in a tree, in a tree stand. But if a deer came in and a buck that I, I, I plan on shooting, I know for a fact I'd screw that up. I mean, it just takes, I mean, have you screwed that up in the past? Like trying Absolutely. to do, yeah, exactly. Sure. That's what I'm saying. And, like in scouts honor, I would not shot that deer. If it was on the other side of the tree and wasn't on camera. Yeah. Right. Done like, it before. Like he's I'm like, drawn I'm back, let back down, adjust the camera, get the shot. You, like you have huge. to, you, I shouldn't say you have to, but if you want to be successful at it, after you practice a ton, you have to be willing to not shoot that deer because it's not a camera. If right. you take it seriously. Sure. And don't get me wrong. If there was a 200 inch deer and it was 10 yards on the other side, like we're all going to shoot, you know? Yeah, yeah. But at some point you, you know, you kind of have to juggle if, if that's worth it to you or not. That's a big, well, that's a big, that's what separates the men from the boys, you know? Yeah. All Just for, what uh, your goal is. 200 views on YouTube. It's all right. It's going to go up. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's just care. what your goal is. Yeah. It's your memories I'm, and sharing it with each other. And I'm the first one to be like, all right, the camera's not going to work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> These guys are like, did you get it on film? I'm like, no, it's dead though. I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a picture now. <laughs> yeah. He ain't going anywhere. Or if we call our buddy Jaybird, he might just shoot it again. Yeah. No. He's got a history. That's what podcasts are for. You can just give us a recap play by play afterwards, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Podcasts are great. Well, cool, man. Good for you. That's That's a good season. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of fun. And um, did shoot another doe um, in gun season. So I went down there, kind of wanted to be with Tom. I, I love that excitement of somebody harvesting a buck and being part of the group and oh, man. camaraderie. And I knew Tom was going for opening day. And so I pulled off two days. You know, we drove four hours and I hunted a day and a half or whatnot. But um that camaraderie's priceless and I stayed ended up driving and home till midnight that night had to work did. the, the next morning but I got to be there for Tom's recovery that buck right. and that makes it just so special and worth it he knew I wanted to shoot a buck and he's like I'm gonna stay I'm like dude you gotta work in the morning we're four hours from home and he's like yeah I don't wanna miss this it's worth the shot mm-hmm. and uh, we were hunting 200 300 yards apart and he could hear me shoot and I didn't even have time to literally <laughs> eject my shell and, and my phone was going off in my pocket. <laughs> like, yes, that's, yes, that's yes. what I'm talking about. He's like, I'm pumped. He didn't even know I shot. Right. I could have been shooting at squirrels. <laughs> I was so excited. He was, awesome. he was more excited than I was, I think. And, and uh, I got down and he's like, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? And I said, stay right where we're at. I'm going to push the thicket right to you because he still had a doe tag. And uh, so I was pushing the thicket to him, you know, after I shot my buck or whatever yeah. last 20 minutes of daylight but didn't work out nothing ran out of there that's fine now's the time to do it when we're still young you know what i mean like you can do that and still drive four hours and work the next day all that kind of stuff i mean yeah. why not like you said i you refuse get- to get old i'm still gonna do it when i get old too <laughs> i'm not letting it happen <laughs> I keep doing it i got another uh deer i told you about the last podcast we got to five oh, by three, okay yeah one let's hear it so i had the dog and pony clown show basically we had my two sons with me okay they're seven and five i have orange up wearing all these clothes opening day gun with michigan we go over and we're hunting uh all together in the same property and we have three of us with safety harnesses all our gear i got juice boxes and snacks and those <laughs> waddling through the woods sleeping bags. <laughs> Sleep, sleeping bags we climb up a, a double ladder stand with three people. I was going to say, okay. It is too small. Don't do it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. we get up there. After about 10 minutes, Springer's like, are you ready to go back and eat breakfast? And I'm like, man, so I don't have enough room. So I decide I'm going to stand. So I'm standing. The two boys and I are all strapped into a tree. I don't think I could shoot if I had to. So pretty epic fail already. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I even doing? I'm not even hunting. And like, they're over it. We climb down. We go over, we hunt by this tree stump. They're digging holes in the mud, talking. I bring Uno cards, so they start playing Uno on the sleeper back. And I got my backpack. I'm sweating my butt off because my backpack weighs like 80 pounds. Well, let's elaborate on the backpack. This is the pack for Colorado, a 7,200 cubic inch backpack that is chock full. That's going above your head. There's stuff strapped on the outside. Oh, my God. I got a a blind, which I never use, so it's wasted. It weighs like 30 pounds on the outside. (laughs) I got three chairs. I shouldn't have brought those. I got two sleeping bags for the kids. They're all bundled up. Got Uno cards and like, I don't know, 10 pounds of food. The best part of all this, he's sending us pictures while we're all hunting the same property. And it's the kids playing Uno and sleeping bags. And he's like, we're throwing a party over here. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. So we're doing all this. Um, Scaring the year to you guys. Yeah, it was perfect. In the morning, I think I was the only one to get a shot. I I missed a, a, a small buck. It's running at like 
far in the field. And when they're running, I just I have a hard time. I just miss them, miss, miss, miss. I don't like talking to them. I'll miss, you know, I'll go over check and miss them. Kids were pumped. Like this is awesome. I was to say, what did the boys think they're about you? Just lighting the up the woods. Thing. I got video cameras facing every which way, and I get everything except the shot, probably. <laughs> and, uh, so pretty epic fail. We go back, we watch a little TV. Tom's mom was super awesome. Made us some breakfast and killer meal. And comrade, we're sitting by the fire, and these guys like I'm going out to get them. My little one's like, let's just stay in here and watch TV, you know. And uh, we had them going back out a little bit. Another little, I thought it was a doe, to be honest with you. A unicorn, a spike with one side, a four-inch unicorn comes out, which is perfect for what I have going on. I miss it at first, and then it stops. It's far. It's with the shotgun. It's like stops at like 180 yards or something. Holy shit. I'm like, I'm like take your time. I just knew I drilled it. So if they're running, I can't hit them. When they stop, they're in trouble. So 180 yards of a shotgun, hit the top of the heart, blew the heart right off. It runs like 30 yards and falls over. Where'd you aim at 180 yards with the shotgun? I didn't even barely aim high. So at 200, I got shoot these hornies, supposed to drop seven inches. So I'm thinking drop three to four inches. I just put it four inches below the back. So I'm aiming three inches high, like almost nothing, almost right where I'm supposed to. It's not dropping hardly at all. Like a high long or something. Yeah, like a high lung. And then it just dropped right in pretty much mid-body. I'm surprised it hit the heart. but Perfect. Right through the heart, right down there. He's, I give you credit, he's a pretty damn good shot with a shotgun. Like 200 yards, you're in trouble. He shot multiple deer at 200 yards with a shotgun. Yeah, bunch, bunch. Every year. If they stop, I got them. If they move and I can't hit them, but if they stop, they're (laughs) He's a good shot. But I put a... um, you know you have a kisser button on your bow? Yeah. I put a kisser button on my shotgun. I took a wire around my stock, and then I electrical tape. I do everything goofy. Go, go, gadget, right? This is a whole different episode. But uh, I put my chin right on that wire, so I know my face is anchored in the same spot, almost just like I do with a bow. And I don't like gun hunting as much. I'm a bow guy. But anyways, I anchor it right in there. Then I, I wrap my strap around there, so I lock it all in tight. And I don't know, I put it on there, and... And I hit pretty good with that thing. He didn't go very far. Yeah, 30 yards, watching fall right there. And the kids are like, we got him. Let's run out there. And I'm like, no, you know, Uncle Kelly and Tom are hunting. I'm like, that was awesome. So they go from <laughs> board, breaking sticks in the mud to hunting's the best thing in the world. I love it. Do you give them a heads up? Like, hey, hey, something's coming. Like, are they? Normally, but they were just running. So I think they were in the middle of playing like their draw four Uno card. And I'm just letting, letting go. And by that time, it stops. They're standing up now. We're on the ground in the woods yeah. with no blind. Our tree stands above our head. We're just sitting out in the middle of leaves. They look like orange pumpkin safety vests. They don't fit because you can't get anything small enough for a five-year-old. They got orange hats with lights all over it. Like I'm telling you, dog and pony cl- clown show. Me and Kelly did not see a deer opening day. <laughs> They're playing <laughs> Uno and shooting a deer in the leaves. That's what I'll blast them. So I go up there. You got to put some of that in the video or, or whatever that oh, shenanigans sure. is looking like. That'd be cool to just you witness. You should put a picture of the boys a thumbnail for this podcast. Yeah. And they're in a sleeping bag with Uno cards. Yeah, I got the pictures for you. <laughs> All right, yeah. Send it to me. We go out there and... Uh, I eat Lucky Charms before every big hunt like that. I think that's a big part of it. And then, <laughs> um, so I think it's a doe. And we walk up once it's dark and, you know, everything calms down. And they're, Dad, you got a buck. And at first I'm like, 
dang it, there goes one of my tags. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so great. So I got a picture. It's got one four-inch horn, straight unicorn, and like the boys are with me, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. So it was full of ups and downs, just like every day. Like, what the heck am I even doing? I'm dragging. I'm not even hunting. I should be like, in a, we're just camping out here, and then getting cold to, oh, I missed the deer. Oh, I got one at 180 yards through the heart. Like, yeah, on top of the world. So ups and downs and. Now that it's over, I'm like, that was the best thing ever. I was going to say, that's a huge win. Because, like, they always want to say, you want when you take the kids out, you want to make it memorable and about them and stuff like that. So, if you were, like, super serious and focused and, you know, strict, I think they would have a worse experience yeah. out there. But, like, you made it fun. Like you said, when you shot it, they were stoked. Couldn't wait to run out there and put their hands on it or see what that, because they just saw a dad drop a... And they watched the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, they watched the whole thing. That's, that's like, hooking them in, man. It's so, the Brigger's the little one. He's five. We took him uh, bow hunting with his crossbow this year a little bit. And at first, he wasn't too into it. You know, they get bored really yeah, easy. Yeah, sure. They saw a couple deer, he's excited. But you want to go? No, nah, just hang back up. So I went, took Brooks the next couple times. He saw me shoot that every day since. Hey, I haven't got a deer yet. I'm ready to shoot, shoot one. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to let it simmer till next year. But yeah. he's ready. He's but ready. He's excited, I should say. It helps that Carson's the biggest kid out of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> What are you doing up in a tree stand anyways? You're a ground guy anyways, right? You I like to work. You like to be on the ground. I wouldn't even go Except up in a tree Ohio. stand anymore. He's yeah. killed two bucks in Ohio from a yeah. tree stand. The only two in his life. The only two. Probably didn't feel right up there, did it? It was, it it was, was too easy. <laughs> it, was, it was way easier, I have to admit. Like, you can move and you can adjust cameras and they don't smell you, but yeah. All right. Well, I'm still on the sidelines. I haven't got a deer yet you've been texting us when oh man mouse cat mouse the chess game so i would say a property that i have permission to hunt in southeast michigan there's been a a buck that has been haunting me but also keeping me going keeping me out there um yeah i've seen him twice now both times have been out of range he's there's a reason why i guess he's that big it's like that son of a bitch knows where my stand's at. And if I'm sitting in it, he's like, oh, someone's there today. Yep. I, I mean, if and I'm not moving, doing everything right, playing the wind, he comes in and caution. His eyes go right to that. And I don't think, I, I know for a fact I didn't spook him the first encounter. Um, he just come in, it was about 70 yards from my north, and he was walking in straight at me. And I was thinking about, I saw like just his you know like his brisket like sticking out at me and i saw his huge white rack half of it on one side of a tree so i'm like all right one more step i might 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 make the shot and then as soon as he like stopped and he was sitting there for a while it seemed like five minutes but it was probably more like a minute he skirted me went behind me now one thing i wanted to say that i noticed is the the deer moved differently around me when the crops came off so as they came in they're obviously using the woods now more as a corridor and i had uh corn on all sides of me so i think he was hiding in that corn most of the time and he felt comfortable skirting around me or you know maneuvering in the corn now that he came in the woods and he's going through a new path um he just travels differently he's a lot more weary going in the woods and when he would go through and get to the end of the woods and see an open field he would run as fast as he could through the middle of the field yep. mm-hmm. until he got to the next brush row and then stop yep so he knows that if he's too close to the woods 
someone's going to get a shot at him or he smells something or he sees something he doesn't like. All three of our heads are nodding yes yeah. right now. All the seen it happen a hundred times. That son of a bitch ran right through the middle of the field as fast as he could and then stopped when he got to the brush row and waited and, and looked at the next field for about five minutes. Yep. And just... So anyhow, what I noticed was, you know, these... This I'd say this is the first time that I had a, probably a four-year-old buck, like mature mm-hmm. encounter where I've been hunting. And it was just very interesting to see how he maneuvers through the woods. Different animal. Totally different animal the way that, a, a, a you know, a two-year-old basket rack, six-point mm-hmm. or eight-point comes in. And the way that they move down here, that he got to that other field, he would get to the next field in the brush row, look at it, take take his time kind of scope the area and then he would take off again in the middle of the field yep. wherever he was getting back to so that has been my the second encounter with him was last week um i actually kicked him up coming into my stand at about two o'clock in the afternoon so he was bedded down in my woods yeah. or the woods that i was hunting and i kicked him up he ran southwest he never seen what i was he just kind of got up and started jumping off and took off. I sat down. I was like, man, I really screwed that one up. But at the same time, how the hell did I know he was there? He was in some really thick stuff. I sit up in my tree stand. He came back Mm -hmm. an hour later and he was about 80 yards to my South walking perfectly parallel with me. And it was in that thick stuff again, where I couldn't really get a shot, but just kind of walking scared, not scared, but more cautious, but it wasn't like running or anything like that. He wanted to come back for whatever reason to go through that spot again, to kind of to see like what was going on, you know, did I really get up and notice something that was, you know, that scared me off or he was on a doe. I don't know. I didn't see the doe, but he came back. So anybody listening to this, if you bump a deer or you bump a buck, depending on how they take off, kind of like pay attention. If they're hauling ass, like they've been shot at, they might not come back, but if they just kind of run off and they don't see you, I think there's a really good chance. Like don't lose hope he's going to come back. And he came back at like three 30 in the afternoon, sure. which was an odd time for him to be up walking around. I thought you could just bumped him and he could have thought that danger is gone. And that's his home base. Sure. He feels comfortable with. So he's coming back, especially if your, your area doesn't have a lot of options. It's not 500 acres of just solid woods. Right. It's no big deal. If he goes to a different area, if it's all open fields and that's one of your pinch points. He's, that's kind of his home base. Yeah. I think a four-year-old buck in Michigan is like the toughest animal you could ever possibly hunt. How Dude, many like states? They are no other deer like four-year-old Michigan deer. Michigan's so, so tough. How many states, how many different species do we go to and go around in uh, Michigan? It's challenging, especially Super in the lower half. Well, even up north, I guess. I love it. We all love it. We grew up here. It's, it's how we grew up hunting. Me and Kelly talked about this. We hunted together in Ohio a couple times or video and whatever. Um I was, we were laughing because we've never hunted basically just deer movement. We've always countered it with how many people are in the woods, how pressured it is. The deer are going to do this because there's 10 guys on the next property and stuff like that. So you grow up basically countering the deer movement to how much pressure there is. Sure. And um, it's it's super funny. Like Carson said, we if you can kill a four-year-old buck in Michigan, dude, you can go anywhere and shoot anything. Like, this is tough. But Which is the be, challenge. That's why we love it. Being raised in Michigan, you have a lot of wildlife, a lot of different wildlife as far as ducks, geese, you know, rabbits, deer. And it's challenging, so you hone your skills to a high level. I that think so. 
if you've done that from for any amount of years and then you transfer over to something say like the elk or the meal they're like wow these are way less spooky wow this is a lot uh, yeah or like crazy this is and so you're it, it, it does make you a better hunter. i always say that some of the best hunters even if you look nationally or the most well-known ones a lot of them have roots in michigan mm-hmm. and i think there's a, something to say about that just the way our deer are pressured we have i still think we have the highest amount of bow hunters in in the united states that hunt in our state that probably comes from oh, a big influence of fred bear obviously starting what he started here with his with his uh, with his line of bows and things like that but i the, what i learned from that was that deer coming back in the middle of the day after I bumped him was like, it got rid of a lot of myths. It got rid of a lot of things. And it like, it gave me confidence again to be like, stick with it. You know what I mean? Like keep going. It's a, sure. it's a chess game and hopefully he's still out there. What but, a good learning experience just on that one day. Oh, I learned a ton. That, I was texting you guys. I go, yeah. big boy came yeah. back, but he was like 80 yards off from me. I couldn't get yeah. a shot. From I those. think it's hard not to put them big deer up on a pedestal. And like, you think there's some mythical creature like, Oh, I bumped him. He's done. I'm never going to see him again. Like, they're just deer too, man. Like, oh, you learn so you much. You learn a lot. But a lot of the, um, it was funny when Kelly said uh, we were all nodding our heads. He said, "Oh, he ran right out, dead sprint, dead center in the field." Yeah. Like that's exactly what I would that's expect. That's what big bucks to. do. But when you learned them, so I learned that a lot about say drives or pushing or just bumping them. Um, all the deer will run in the woods from thicket to the next thicket, right where you think they would do. And then the big buck will run wide open in the dead center of the field all the way across. And you're like, the other 10 did what I wanted them to do. <laughs> and the one that you wanted yep. goes out in the middle field. How many times at your spot? Gun spot? Time, right yeah. in the middle, we keep talking about. We're putting yeah. a line in the middle of the middle of the field in the low dip because we're following the cricks down. Right. So we talked some, about this a little in the uh trail camera episode we were doing like there's a difference between hunting a deer and hunting a big buck right like you're looking for a deer trail that has 500 tracks on it and then there's one trail 40 yards away that has one set of tracks on it man it's like a video game back in the day like as you progress in levels you see why like it gets harder and harder and takes you 20 times to beat that level or whatever it is it is a new level of yes. deer hunting if you run in, in you're hunting a four-year-old or a three and a half year old big deer there's a reason why they're that big how, how cool is that about hunting so you can be never got a deer i just want to shoot a little doe you start to get that mastered then maybe you want to change what deer you want or what species or i want to travel and get another place then i'm the next chapter i'm bringing kids around i went back like 10 steps 10 levels down and i'm just trying to keep them entertained showing them dad can we shoot that squirrel dad can we do this wait a second this time we're not squirreling (laughs) and then pretty soon someday we're gonna be old men like like the guys in colorado and and we're like we might go to the cabin and barely hunt I don't know. It's just a million chapters. It's like getting belts in like martial arts or something, dude. You can't master it. Oh, man. No way. You would go back with leveled kids. I think that's another belt with stripes on it or something like that that you're trying to acquire. But yeah, so that's, I mean, my season is still going. Obviously, I'm on Doe Patrol now. Um, I literally ran out of venison meat back in July. So I'm on a meat crisis right now. I want to at least get two does um, here in the state of Michigan that you can get them over the counter now, no matter where you're at. Yeah. So there's no more waiting or anything like that. But yeah, I'm on doe patrol. It's December right now, um, right before muzzle loading season. And uh, 
yeah, you know, I guess we can go around the table too. And I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion. Anybody else who's listening to this, maybe they're still hunting in Michigan. Maybe they're in my position. They haven't got anything yet. We basically have four weeks left to get it done. A lot of the crops are off. Kind of talk about how you guys would go into this weekend with the muzzleloader in Michigan. How would you be spending your time in the woods and what would you be kind of looking for? And what's the goal? A deer or a big buck? Because that's a okay. All right, let's do this. Let's start with meat first. Just a doe. I'm gonna hunt food sources, and I'm gonna move if I have the property to move. I want to walk. I want to push them. I want to get them going. Because man, they're hunkered down right now. It's starting to get cold. Uh, food sources is my number one pick. But in the middle of the day, I would walk. Either work as a team if we have muzzleloader or a gun or something like that. We're going to push them and get them moving because um, they're hunkered down. They're slower. Yeah. They're not moving as much. They're cold. Mm-hmm. It's um, there's, there's less movement. My cameras have went from several hundred pictures a day to 20 pictures a day. And, um, I mean, they, 10, 10% of the pictures that I, I was getting in November when it was hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot slower. So that, that would be for just any deer. I'd be food source and then moving the feet. If you have the land, because if you only have 40 acres, you can't do laps and laps and laps on 40 acres because that property's burned up. Yep. And so if I only had one property, I would just only hunt food sources. If I had two or three properties, I would leave the best one for sit, sit hunting and the other two I would walk. Okay. So that one that you leave for sit hunting, is that the, how you're hunting the buck then? Yep. Under f- food. Okay. Bucks are going to be harder. Way hard. hard. I'd either do I, food or nocturnal again. Food or weather. Look for giant weather, pressure changes, and just hunt the best days. Don't overhunt it. When you overhunt it, I mean, you just reduce your every time you go in there, it just reduces that chance a little bit more. That's I would stay advice. mobile. So you're looking for that 15 degree change either way? Just get that perfect day. Yeah. Get that 15, 20 degree change. Hey, tomorrow we're getting six inches of snow, like that evening hunt before that. Or I would try to just focus on them big weather changes and hunt the perfect days rather than hunt five days a week. You know what I mean? So tomorrow would be a good example right now. Yes. It is that we woke up this morning, warm, rainy, what low fifties, high forties, yeah. windy wind blew up all day long. Funny. You say that I was driving down the road today and you know how windy it was coming out of the West, probably 30 mile an hour gust, something like that. There was a, someone has, a ton of pine trees planted running north and south i saw eight deer bedded down in the middle of the day in the middle of a field Mm -hmm. on the on the windward leeward side of that right so it'd be they're using those pine trees to block the wind and they're just sitting there in the middle of the field all these cars are going by they didn't get two shits yeah they're just wanting to get out of that weather so that tells me that okay they're hunkering down for this wind now tonight what do we got? We got snow and we got dropping temperatures. And I think a high tomorrow is like 27 or something like that. Really cool. So that's a, that's a 20 to 30 degree change in, in temperature. I think like tomorrow would be like a day where you want to, you want to be out and in the woods. And that 30 mile an hour wind's going to drop off tomorrow with the temperature drop. Yep. So you get deer that are hunkered down for 24, 36 hours. They're going to get up. They're going to feed. Like Carson said, I would focus on food. 
and if you only have one property to hunt i would um work on that you know what i mean like now is not the time to stay on one property like you should be mobile you should be driving to some state land or knocking on a door or finding a food source don't limit yourself to one small piece of property yeah that's good advice and tomorrow would be a prime time day i think your one hunt tomorrow whether it be morning or night especially in the morning would be better than five hunts that you're going to have next week. Yeah. Like yeah. it's that much of a value. For sure. Yeah. And then if you have hills, they're going to be in the bottom of your deepest drainage all day. Like they're using them pine trees for yep. safety. If say like in say Monroe County, we don't have too many hills, but if you go out in, in Jackson and Hillsdale and you know, uh, anywhere with them big ravines, they're going to be in the middle of the woods in them down in them creek bottoms you know congregated because they don't want to be blasted with that wind either right then they're gonna be trapped there for the next 15 hours and then they're all gonna be hungry thirsty ready to move checking out stuff and it's it's interesting to um adapt with hunting all the different changes thinking on the spot problem solving new plans plans on the spot like and everyone has their own theory and way to it but most of the seasoned hunters, like when you're saying right out in the middle of that field, I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, this is like they're learning all pieces of the puzzle and how they put them together, and they're constantly studying that animal. Sure. The only way to learn that's just to grind it out and do it. So just hours, man. Just hours, hours out, outside, hours in the tree stand, and like really think about a situation after it happens. What you noticed, even if mm-hmm. you just saw just doze that night or whatever it is why were they moving the way they were moving what is going on how how long ago was that cornfield cut you know i mean overanalyze the crap out of it yeah walk through the middle of the cornfield what are you seeing i see a lot of ears that are still on the ground that still have a lot of corn on them especially on the outside perimeter where they cross cut that's where their machines can't pick up as good yep that, that big buck when he's skirting your stand or is your stand there every time or are you mobile is it in the same tree every time um well um now well that was an elevated blind that i was in okay when he when he kind of skirted around me so then when i bumped them i had my lone wolf already hung from the day before mm-hmm. so that pattern that he went behind me i tried to cut him off and i just waited until the wind was right the other thing too that i found you know how you guys you talked about that or I think we were talking maybe off camera about that a little bit, but there was a second rut maybe like a week ago, mm-hmm. or maybe it's still going on. He was going back to a looking branch and he was scraping on the ground again, kind of getting into that same old pattern. And I could see his rubs on the trees going through the woods about 50 yards ahead of me. So he knew that was his safe path to whatever field he had to get to in order to run out into the middle of it. So he was kind of following that same way. So when I found that, I kind of set up my tree stand according to that. And I would have got a great shot at him had it been there, you know, the week prior to when he skirted around my elevated blind. So, yeah, you shoot that buck, you'll be surprised at how much he stays on his rub line. Well, you've tracked right here and then mm-hmm. tracking. Oh, there's the giant rub. I bet he went that way. I'm not sure. Track. Sure enough. Went that way. All right. Tracking, tracking, not losing. Oh, there's another couple big ones right there. Like maybe some little rubs this way. Guys, check over there. Yeah, went mm-hmm. that way. So he's following a safe pattern. Exactly. And and that's like, I don't like to walk through the woods in the middle of the season too much because I don't want to disturb it. But that was not there in early November, October. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like 
that was a new path that he was had taken and he had made that path for a reason was that because the corn came off and now he had to figure out a new way to navigate around sure could be so that's the kind of stuff you got to look for the, you know if he evades you or you know if, if crops come off around you get down and maybe on a day when you know rain's coming it's going to hide your scent walk through the woods to see if you see any new sign and then adjust according to that like i said it's a yeah. chess game right now in my mind like shit i gotta figure figure them out and that hanging on really opens up some opportunities because you could go see that oh, man. And, okay we're gonna adjust it right i here. think it increases your odds like like just huge at least doubles it yeah for sure and it's so easy to drive to a property and sit in a stand that you already have set up but it just takes a little bit more work i know but if you can get into that mobile style start practicing it's such a great tool to have in your bag yeah. and you're just like okay you walked over there i gotta go figure out what's it's going the on only way to go and then you can go. figure out a whole new game plan when you get over there yeah. and then Nothing. with experience in every deer you learn little pieces so yeah. now you're looking for these key little elements cal new property right new thing you know first day in there with cameras all them little hardships yeah. check boxes he picked within 25 yards of exactly where you need to go but he's looking for things that he's maybe good at most too. people aren't looking for mm-hmm. he hung the stand that i i shot the uh, five by three out of and it walked at 15 yards i shot it at 13 it ran six yards from the tree like he picked the exact path right where it was going to go whether that's features or all the doe trails go this way and it's coming the other way and you know multiple different characters but it's a skill that you develop. I, sure. I was impressed with Tom a few years ago. It was just about dark, and the buck was shooting last shooting lights. And he's like, I pulled back. I was just about to pull the trigger. And then I realized there was a little sapling big as a golf ball in the way. I leaned out a little bit more. It wasn't the perfect pocket. I had to shoot back or forward a little bit and shot around it. I'm like, dude, you know how big of skills that is to adjust on the fly to make sure you miss that one branch. And everyone says, oh, I hit that little branch. Well, You're lucky you had the, the the foresight to see that. I mean, a lot of guys just, I've done it in the past where there could be a tree as big as this yeti around mm-hmm. i just see brown and i let it fly and next thing i know i go down there my arrow's sticking out of the tree like this it's yeah. just like you don't see that because you're just so focused on the body and your pin it's just like you really got to analyze that well, shot me and kelly were just talking about that today that's super funny um he's like i just get so excited and he's like i zero in and like it, it's time to kill you know he's like right. i'm doing it and i don't know i guess i just overanalyze it like before i shot that buck in ohio this year I was like, it's missing a brow tine and this and that. I was texting Kelly what the buck looked like before I shot it. And he's like, are you going to kill it? I'm like, I don't know. I took my gun off safety three times. And uh, I don't know. But after you shoot that Yeti can tick and you're like cheesed off because you work all year. The next year, you're better. And if you do that. 400 times yeah between i have missed a lot of deer oh yeah we all have <laughs> tom skilled the most out of all of us i don't know he's about close to 100 deer under his belt i don't know what i'm at. i think about like 91 91 Jesus. 71 we have a, a picture book anybody listening please do this start now start your kids on it start your one to do it get a picture take that picture flip it over write down your story yeah yeah we, we shot this then put it in the book Go back. I just did it last week, and uh, I read some of them stories. I re-looked at all the pictures of all the deer. I relived them moments in my mind. I showed a couple people, and I'm like, wow, check this out. And just 
you get to relive all the moments, the stories, relearn the stuff and keep a record of it, you know, keep yeah. a storybook and it's a priceless. It's a playbook too. Really write down cool. the conditions, write down the year. Yeah. The, yeah what was oh going on? I think 95% of my big bucks are killed between November 1st and November 9th. Yeah. Like yeah. every It's a week window. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I'm out of meat. I'm like <laughs> panicking a little bit. My wife is like, you know, I we offered to bring a deer over. I know. I <laughs> might have to take you up with that. You yeah. <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, it's a baseball game. Everyone's got a hit, but me. Yeah. And it's I the feel bottom like, of the night. Yeah. I'm dragging everybody down, <laughs> oh, but you're due. You'll get one. Yeah. I'll get one. So yeah. Dude, so I'm on rough. dope patrol. So this weekend, um, hitting it hard again, I'm actually going to focus on some state land to change it up a little bit. Like you guys said, yeah, be yeah. mobile. I think that state land is going to play a lot different than it would during in October and November with people on there. Crops are off in this area out there too. So I'm going to give that a shot. And then... Um, walk, walk, walk. Taking the muzzleloader? Yeah, yeah, taking the muzzleloader. I've killed more deer with my muzzleloader than I have with a rifle or a shotgun. It's a December is a big year. time to kill good bucks. It's, big bucks get shot right now. Every, yeah. Half people are done already. And That's like, the other thing, competition-wise. Think how many people are people hanging are it up right now. Yeah. Most people are done. It gets cold. a month to go. Yeah. It's you get them 20-degree days with the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour and guys don't want to get off the couch. So look at this weekend coming. Anybody listening to this? This podcast is going to come out before the weekend. This end of this week, it gets warm again. We get rain. Mm -hmm. It gets up to the like low 50s again or something like that. Sunday drops again down to the low 30s and snow. So that's a huge swing again. The rain's going to shut off. So these deer are going to get back up and move around a little bit. Look at the forecast out and really plan your time. Be like very intentional with your time in the woods this time of year. And like you guys said, I think it'll pay. I think it'll pay off, you know, dividends to, uh, yep. to spending time out there. Be so. mobile. Don't settle for a bad spot. Yeah. So hopefully on the next podcast, I got some good news for everybody. Hopefully one or two are hanging and then we'll we'll get into our your your meat sausage party that we're gonna have in oh, January February. Let me say it like that. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of uh, save all your deer meat power stuffers. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of like off season stuff that we get, that we're gonna get into that we like to do and uh, order our nice fishing stuff right now. We're ordering ice fishing stuff. Getting about that time. We got ice fishing to look forward to. So we're going to have some ice fishing podcasts. Then we're also going to get into some coyote shit. Mm-hmm. I know Carson's got some, some knowledge to share about that. Maybe some we'll possum see. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's it for this episode, everybody. Um, thanks for listening. Remember to head on over to Michigan Life Outdoors and check us out on Instagram. And then check out uh, the bragging rights videos that have been going up and KP keeps kicking out. So I think he said he's got his video coming out here the next week or two and there's two up right now so all right that's it thanks you guys see you thanks for listening